And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. We've talked a lot about data on this show. We've talked about how it needs to be actionable to be valuable and that data is everywhere. And some people think it's the most valuable thing on the planet. But what you really need to learn how to do with data is learn how to tell a story with it. And the numbers usually don't lie. They say a lot of things that you might want to know to help your business grow. And once again, that's why we're here at Startup Hustle to try to help your business grow. Before I introduce who I'm having today's conversation with, quick reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Go to Fullscale.io to learn more. If you're not aware, that's my business, and we love talking to Startup Hustle listeners. So head on over to Fullscale.io, answer a couple questions. We'll see if we can help you out. With me today, I've got Courtney Lindau, and Courtney is a partner and specializes in web analytics and business intelligence at Nimble Gravity, straight out of Denver, Colorado, one of my favorite cities and states anywhere. Courtney, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, let's let's uh, let's kick this conversation off with a little bit more about your backstory and the and, and hopefully a little about the problem that you are solving. Oh, by the way, go to Nimble Gravity. Dot com. There's a link in the show notes for that. It's right down there near that full scale link. So once you go click that right now, so you can have a little bit of context about what Courtney's up to at her shop. All right. So your backstory. Yeah. So I've been with Nimble Gravity for a little over two years now. But before that, I, I'm from Colorado, born and raised. So love to hear that you love Colorado. Um, I went to see you Boulder. Uh, actually. So just can't leave the mountains. Um, and I started my career at an agency in web analytics and got to work with a lot of companies kind of in the fashion and apparel e-commerce space. Then I worked at Aero Electronics, which is a Fortune 150 company, really diving deep into their data, which is very kind of unique with different products and parts that you're not usually looking at after coming from fashion. And then I joined Nimble Gravity to get to work with a bunch of amazing and talented folks working through everything that comes with data. So Nimble Gravity is a consultancy that specializes in data science, e-commerce strategy, digital transformation, web analytics. We also do some web development and app development. So a really broad scale of uh, departments that we have. And really our goal is driving really interesting insights from data. So everything that we do is based on tracking accurate data, um, uncovering really interesting stories with data, um, and really helping companies utilize the data points that they either already have or might be lacking and that we can help find for them 
to grow their business um, with those stories we tell with data. As I mentioned in the intro, you know, we've talked a lot of, about data on this show and the, I think the, the sophisticated view of it and the experienced view of it is that if you can't turn it into something actionable, it doesn't have a whole lot of value. Um, storytelling kind of helps with that. So um, I guess the first question I'd have is uh, what I like to talk to is where are you seeing businesses go wrong with their data analytics or how they're using it or how are they not telling a story with it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's the biggest key is being able to turn just raw data points into actionable insights. And really where I see companies going wrong is getting too focused on either tracking everything or wanting every tool. So we see a lot of times that, especially in larger corporate companies, you'll get a new teammate in there who really loves one particular tool, but it might have overlap with a tool that's already in place. But if there's enough budget, maybe now there's two tools doing something similar. The company doesn't know which one is the one to use. And then oftentimes you'll see that people just kind of give up. And there might be a lot of really valuable data, but if it's hard to know where to go for something, you can't get to the point where you're able to tell a story or even really make sense of your data. So that's a big challenge. And even kind of alongside that, a lot of times it's just messy data in general. So even if they have the right tools in place, maybe it is that they have tracked every single interaction possible across everywhere on the site but it's not named in a good way or it's just too much and they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what they're actually trying to do with it. Um, that gets to be a huge problem where they can't really make sense of like, what are our KPIs? What is it that actually is important? What are those metrics and dimensions that help make sense of those things that are important so that we can actually get to a point of measuring those over time seeing what like levers you can pull to make them improved, make it a better experience for the customer. Um, and then that's really where you'll go to make sense of better data. Yeah. And it's, you know, data's everywhere. And if you're, so let's just say you're out there, you've developed a software platform and you're like, Oh, I haven't been tracking my data properly. It's probably in there. I mean, it's probably yeah. in your server and <laughs> your database. And a lot of times, so when you mentioned like messy or sloppy data, here, I, I'm, here I'll flex my, my data science skills from the 101 level. So you have structured and unstructured data. And for those of you that are um, wondering what I'm talking about, it's pretty easy to visualize. If you have a spreadsheet somewhere that is well-organized, that would represent structured data. And that's the way you can look at it. And then there's everything else. And that's where people get kind of confused with stuff because if you know, I mentioned that a lot of people have data and information and historical stuff at their business and they don't even realize they might have it. And mm -hmm. when it's in, when it's all jumbled and messy and, and, and everything, it's just kind of there. And, you know, in order you got to start by making sense of it and organizing stuff. And then, as you mentioned, like getting into, well, how do we analyze this? And then eventually, how do we analyze this fast enough that we could actually make an informed decision with it? Because if what you're doing is looking back at information about your business months later and you're like, oh, well, our customers <laughs> usually churn when these three things happen. And you're like, and here's a whole bunch of people that churned. Who cares, man? Like do something about <laughs> it. And that's, 
and that's the challenge. And how, how often do you run into situations where your clients or whoever you're working with have that issue? You know, they're like, oh, well, we see that a bunch of people quit or do this or do that, but don't have any idea how to prevent it. Yeah, I, all the time. I think that's usually the starting place for most companies when they're starting to look at their data or starting to get to a place where they want to make those insights and be a more data-driven company is usually it starts from someone going, oh, now that I understand what's here, I'm seeing that it's bad. The conversion rate's dropping or we're seeing a lot of churn or maybe you found a point in the checkout funnel that is having a lot of drop off. Usually that's kind of where people start of, okay, I see that something is wrong, but I don't know how to fix it. Um, and a lot of times we have quite a few different ways of solving this. Sometimes it's just trying to figure out, okay, so what are the different areas if it's a churn concern Okay, what are all of those different touch points that we might have? What are all those places where we can try to keep them coming back and not churning? So starting to track like every level of a funnel journey, um, you know, all of our different marketing channels and just making sure that all of those different steps in the process are tracked so that we can see, okay, well, is there a certain touch point that's frustrating? Is there a certain touch point or step in the funnel that like they try to click on a button and the button's broken? Um, you know, trying to pinpoint some of those specific areas is usually the best place for making improvements so that you don't have so much of that. Oh, shoot, we saw a problem six months ago. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a good starting place. Like at least they've recognized that they have a problem um, that's better than just kind of going along and not realizing it. So once you identify that, then it's pinpointing, okay, how do we qualify each of these steps? And then from there, it's, okay, we can do X, Y, and Z as a brainstorm of all the different ways we can fix it. And then maybe it's something like A-B testing of all of the different options for how you could fix it, um, whether that's if it's a marketing step that's having issues, like your email campaigns have really bad drop-off. Maybe it's A-B testing your emails. Or if it's within your checkout funnel, it's A-B testing a different experience or finding different opportunity there. Um, and that's really a good place for going forward improvements. Well, they call it data science for a reason. And that's that sometimes that data is going to lead to firm answers. And sometimes uh, as scientists are famous for saying, well, that's, that warrants more study. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, but the yeah. term data science, I think can be, it's a very broad term and, uh, you know, as someone who employs a lot of developers and, and different folks as data scientists come in a lot of different packages and shapes and forms, yeah. and some of them need to be developers. Some of them are more like analysts, but according to chat GPT, data science is a multidisciplinary field that combines various techniques and methods to extract insights, knowledge, and meaningful information from large and complex data sets. It involves applying scientific methods, algorithms, and statistical principles to analyze data and solve real world problems. I feel like oh. that's like the high level of it because on some <laughs> levels, I think yeah. data science can be as simple as like, when you, you were talking about kind of looking at the story and the journey, I don't think data science even needs to be as sophisticated as that definition. Some of it's as simple as like, good old school Google analytics and understanding yep. like where people are jumping out of your cart. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, like what, where do, you know, here's a form that uh, has 10 different pages. And my first question would be why people don't make it so many, <laughs> but you know, you can see where there's a lot of, of stuff. You see where people are exiting and in the world of e-commerce, you know, they look at cart abandonment. Like how many, yeah. if you put, go and put it in your cart, you're on some levels interested why didn't you make it to the cash register? And understanding there's the more obstacles and peril that a buyer has to go through on the way to the cash register, the less they're going to do it. And the more steps you ask any human to perform, the less likely they are going to get it done correctly. So yeah, the simplification of things. Sure. And, is that, and would you consider that to be some of the, I mean, those are examples of storytelling in some regards, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think so much of the storytelling comes from those like trying to make sense of, okay, our form is 10 pages. Um, and we can tell from the data that that's frustrating that people are dropping off on page seven. Um, so maybe we need to make our page, our pages, like our form six pages, because we know that everyone drops off at seven pages. And while that's not like the most fascinating or fun story to tell, it's still kind of a story of now we know something about our data. Like now we know that the 10 page form is not a good sized form and we right. have data to back that up. So absolutely. You know what is fun and exciting though? Selling more stuff. <laughs> yes, that is more exciting right. for sure. So therefore anything that leads up to that should be still considered fun and exciting because if yeah. you don't fix this stuff, you're not going to sell more stuff. Um, sales cures ales. It makes your life <laughs> feel better. And then, I mean, realistically, I think if you want to be a good purveyor of any service or product, you want, should want to make the user experience the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so if I had to take a shot at data story, Matt goes to your website, Matt hits the first page and sees that there are 27 questions to answer. Matt leaves. Yep. That's the story, right? Yeah, exactly. And so then when you, go ahead. Yeah. And then if, if I were to see that, like, okay, maybe I see that Matt interacted with a bunch of things on there and left from the homepage. Yeah. Then it's okay. What can I do on this website that gives Matt the answers that he was looking for and wasn't able to find? So, yeah. you know, looking at what it was that you interacted with, um, you know, what frustration points you had. We love tools like Full Story that give you the session recording to help answer the why that's kind of hard to get to with something like a Google Analytics because you can't always see the frustration just in like click tracking. Sometimes you need to watch a session recording yeah. of someone clicking something 30 times to realize like, oh, that's broken. And what you said <laughs> you, you had used full story. Mm -hmm. There was yeah. a tool I had one time when, when we were building Gigabook called Hot Jar, which I think is a yeah. similar We use that thing one as well. Where you can actually like, it records the screen essentially. And it's yeah. so insightful because you know, you can, you can sense the confusion yes. when it exists because you see the mouse moving around or the hesitancy to do certain things. And I mean, it's a, it's, it's a very, like it tell, Hey, you need to be obsessed with, if you want your platform, your product, and everything, if you want to sell more stuff, you got to make it easy for people to buy stuff. And yeah, I think exactly. that some, you know, there's, 
I, I've been such a nut about this. So I mentioned Gigabook at one point, Gigabook. So that's, I'm also the founder of that. And it's a customizable booking platform. And, you know, years ago when we were trying to grow it, we realized that because it was so customizable that it was really hard to get people set up properly. Yeah. If people don't have it set up properly, then they don't stick around because it's too hard for them to use. And then we also didn't want to make you have to go through this massive onboarding process. So we created a little bit of data storytelling and observation ourselves. We did an AB test. So if you're not familiar with that, that means this test has taken one path, this has taken another, and you see which gets the best results. You can go A through how A through infinity on how many of these you want to create, but AB is probably the more common one. But we were very terrified to not let someone into the platform at all, right? And just let mm. them poke around. But so we did that as the B test and we did another one where we created an intelligent onboarding flow, which meant that you couldn't get into the platform at all unless you had done the bare minimum to set up, like, for example, if you want to take an appointment, who's you, who are you taking the appointment for? What service are they providing? A couple things like that, you know, a couple simple things. And, uh, and then we let it run. And we found that 0% of the people that skipped it and just went straight into the platform and poked around converted. And... <laughs> That didn't require a whole lot of decision-making afterward where um, the effects of the, the other onboarding yielded a much higher conversion rate. And then the, our hypothesis was that it would create this, but then we blew the hypothesis out of the water when our, when we rolled that, which we called smart start, when we turned that on live, our report, our support requests related to new client or new account setup dropped by 95% instantly. Wow. And because we didn't Amazing. have a scalable solution before, if all we had to do, it's if more users meant more people that we had to talk to on the phone and just like, it, was, it just wasn't like, what happens if everything goes right? People like you sell a lot of stuff and you get a lot of new users and all of that. If you can't support it or scale it, or all you need is more people or more butts and seats, it just eats up the profit. So yeah, that made it a, that, that, that was probably my most profound experience when it came to like that storytelling. And mm-hmm. the story with that is in story A, someone answers a few questions and comes into your platform ready to go. Story B, they're in there and they're just confused as hell. Yeah. Which yeah. led to a bunch of other changes we ended up making to make that part a lot more simple. You know, part of what we also, we kind of painted ourselves in a corner because through the creation of intelligent onboarding, we then gave you two different places to change settings, which we had to smooth out. Oh, yeah. But you got to understand the path before you effectively journey down it. So, okay. So context is, is something with data and storytelling that's important. Um, what, like, What's the different kind of, of like you guys work with a lot of different people and you mentioned having an experience with fashion brands. I used to work in the music industry. That would be a completely different experience than someone signing up for QuickBooks. So how do you deal with like the different context that comes in on a client or user to user basis? Yeah, that's a great question. So at Nimble Gravity, we work with clients of all different types 
So for example, I have a customer that is pet insurance. So like tracking a pet insurance funnel for getting insurance for my dog and my cat is kind of a different experience than like a normal e-commerce journey. We also have like apparel and typical kind of more standard e-commerce. We work with components companies. We work with the most interesting and different one is a funeral home tech company. So it's kind of posting obituaries. Like it's, it's kind of like a WordPress type of thing to help the funeral homes host all their websites, post obituaries. And then eventually you can buy flowers or trees in honor of the deceased um, so that it's kind of all in one platform instead of the family members having to go somewhere else to find flowers. So super interesting. And in all of those different categories of business and even more beyond that, every different website has different data that you'd want to track for it. So we always like to start with trying to figure out for that specific industry, for that business, what are the specific KPIs that are maybe more unique than like the standard. Of course, everyone wants to make more money. Revenue is always going to be important. But what are those like specific details that we can capture on the website that will help us get so much more rich data about the journey? So for example, if it's like a SaaS product and they're really focused on lead generation, what can we track that'll help us with lead scoring uh, alongside something maybe like a Salesforce? Or what is, if it's the funeral home tech company how do we understand who these users are and making sure that they're getting this like very kind, nurturing experience in a time of their life that's really challenging? Like, What are those kinds of metrics and dimensions we can track about their journey and maybe um, different dimensions about like the type of obituary it is that'll help us provide a better experience for that type? Or if it's just an apparel company, are there certain things about like a blue t-shirt versus a red t-shirt versus a polka dot t-shirt that makes it different or might have a different type of customer that would shop for a different type of t-shirt? So all of those things, no matter what type of website it is, there's always going to be something really unique to that website that is really unique to that business that we would want to track to help get deeper um, into their specific context and telling stories for that specific <clears throat> business. Yeah, I have, a, I have a couple comments on that. As a quick reminder, finding expert software developers does not have to be difficult, especially when you go to fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Go to fullscale.io to learn more. You know, as the CEO and founder of Fullscale, I find myself giving advice to clients a lot about different approaches. And that was my comment that uh, went with, with like nimble gravity as I, I mean, I talk to people all the time and, you know, I said, well, consider trying this, this, we've seen a lot of success with that. And it's a different, like all clients, businesses and everything is like snowflakes, you know, they're all different. There's different things that your business is bad at that mine isn't at and that, you know, and some of that. And, and with that, what I love about companies that reach out to other companies like nimble gravity or full scale or whatever is, is that, you know, they're often doing it with an open mind and wanting to hear the things that, cause you know, you get these face palm moments in business where you're like, I mean, I've literally said things to people and like almost like heard the palm slap the face 
And they're like, I can't believe we didn't think about that yet. And that's the, that's the beauty of getting a different perspective in there. And I think that like data analytics companies and stuff like that, and what you want is, this is why, you know, a company like Nimble Gravity could be a good fit for you because you're talking about everything from like funerals to fashion. And, but that there's a lot of different things to be considered in there. Like, and, and, you know, some of that's honestly a little odd. Like if you look at, 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 okay, so who's your user? What are they doing? And in some levels, what frame of mind are they in? If they just went through like a catastrophic loss, like that's a different journey from a different state of mind than someone that's highly motivated to get through and set, I don't know, you know, so there's, there's a different story there and, you know, listen to, what these folks have to say now you kind of you you hit this this the you know structuring the story and everything now how important is like visualizing this like because i find that often the people that reach out to us and it, it, like we get some people that are like hyper organized they've got this product roadmap it looks really good and then there's some people that it's almost like they've got a bar napkin that's got like in pencil yeah. You know, that it's written down. And I think that organizationally um, and, fun- you know, just in life functionally, when you can visualize things like we do all of that at full scale, we actually use Miro. I have no vested interest in you using Miro, but Miro is mind mapping, which yeah. makes it pretty easy to draw a graph and see like, hey, go here and go there. And, you know, my companies we're five years old and we've got 310 employees and we kind of had to do that out of necessity. Because the amount of time that you have to go through to help people understand how to do things without that roadmap, it's, oh man, it's just a mess. Yeah. I love Miro also, or Figma or any of those right. visual tools. Those are so helpful for trying to make sense. Do you think that that's a key thing with the storytelling? I think especially with A-B testing, that's really important or any work with a product team. I see a lot of value in like UI and UX being able to visualize it ahead of time. Um, and it does work well alongside with analytics of if you're getting tracking in place, so say you're running an A-B test and you want to change the look and feel of one of your steps of your form, having something like a Miro to really show what it's going to look like gives you perspective of, okay, well now from a web analytics standpoint, I want to track clicks on all of these things, but maybe now I know that there's some other dimension that I can capture from this form field that would help us give information about, so say it's like a lead generation form and they select their industry. Well, maybe will we capture that as a user dimension that we'll track for that user that we can use later for audience building or something. Um, But having visuals is so helpful for people, especially when you're working with uh, teams across where you're not in an office anymore, you know, teams all over the world. We have employees at Nimble Gravity throughout the U.S. and South America and Mexico, kind of everywhere. So my team particularly, we don't, I think there's one of my employees is in Denver, the rest are all over the place. So having visuals, even just within Nimble Gravity is helpful, but then also with our clients, being able to share things across between nimble gravity and clients and whatnot is really valuable for everyone getting on the same page and being able to think bigger for what the story might be for something new. But then on a reporting standpoint, of course, visualization is really important there too. So having dashboards 
that work for you to do a lot of the heavy lifting of putting all of your metrics in one place so you're not having to repull them every week where every single time that you have a question about the same metric you're going to ask about every day is super important so that you can go to one place, see if something looks really good or really bad, gives you all of the supporting metrics as well that could help you figure out why it looks really good or really bad quickly so that you're spending less time data pulling and more time data storytelling. And by the way, the struggle is real on that last part. I was quietly chuckling and smirking <laughs> behind my microphone here because, you know, the, because I don't know, man, there's just a zillion platforms that measure a zillion things. And you talk about A-B testing. I've literally taken two different platforms that measure podcast stuff that are both certified for measuring podcast stuff and neither agree with each other oh yeah so yes what the, that's always fun right? <laughs> that's the whole thing and then you're pulling it in and like and and then here's the thing is the the difference between a startup and a franchise is the startup doesn't come with an owner's manual right which means you got to figure all this shit out on your own and that can be a lot to deal with it you know a lot to deal with and that kind of brings me to the next point what what are some tips or ways so you can blow everybody's mind with way too much info, way too much data, way too much scope, way too many tickets, way too much all of it. What do you guys do to simplify it so it can be a little more understood? You know, there's just saying that if you're going to eat an elephant, and by the way, I don't condone eating elephants, but if you're going to do it, if you were to do it, you're still going to have to do it one bite at a time, uh, which means that, you know, and then, I mean, really, like if you go back in just the history of science, like Occam's razor states that the simplest solution is often right. And mm -hmm. so that simplicity, like, what do you guys go through to say, hey, all right, I can say it. What do you do to dumb it down for some people? Yeah, that's a great question. Does that I mean, should always... I not say that? Because I feel like you get, we, sometimes you got to dumb it down for people, right? Well, I think it's always good to look at it from the most simple view, because like you said, it's so easy for it to explode into too many, too many things, too much data, too many platforms that say different things. Um, really, my recommendation is starting with what is your main goal of your website or your business? So if your main goal is revenue for an e-commerce business, essentially the whole website's purpose is to drive you through to checkout and to drive you through to make a transaction. So that's the best place to start. And starting with, okay, how do they get from the homepage to purchase? And what are the different ways that they can get on your website? Where would they land? And how they get yeah. from that landing page to purchase? Um, looking at those different funnel paths is a really good starting place for just getting like the high level. And that should be kind of your main metrics you're looking at on your weekly, daily, monthly basis of, okay, how are we doing with driving people to do this main goal? And then of course you can have supporting metrics that help you figure out each piece of that funnel journey. Um, you know, if someone wants to dig deeper into it, so maybe from a da dashboarding perspective, your first page of your dashboard or your first visualization is the whole funnel and looking at your high level metrics to get to purchase. 
And then if you find that there's a drop-off point, then maybe you have a secondary page that the people who care about that page can go look at, but not get overwhelmed with having all of the data in one place. Because, you know, if you're an executive, maybe you just want to see the high level and then someone who is like a PO working on the product team that's working on the search page and the search page has a problem, they want to know everything about that search page. So um, making it contextualized for the person within the business as well within your dashboards is really helpful, which can also be kind of all still within the same primary dashboard, whether it's Power BI, Tableau, Looker Studio, you can really build your dashboards in a way where it's like high level overview and then drill downs for each page of the funnel or each kind of context of the business that would need to see it. I got a newsflash for you future scientists out there. Once you change something, you got to go do it. You got you've now changed the science of it. You talk about <laughs> it. You have five steps to buy, getting to buy something. And you've identified that you're not getting to steps three, four, and five because of a bunch of stuff that occurs in step two. And you go fix that. You got to re-science the rest of it, people, because that's going to change. That could, ch you could, okay, in, in a in a in a world full of problems that aren't the worst to have. Now you might have too many buyers at step three, or something like that. You're gonna, but you can't you can't take the assumptions from one. You know, set of you can't science it one way and then say, oh, but it's going to be the same. So it's an ongoing process and. I don't think this is when you talk about this isn't something that ever really has a right or wrong answer, is it? It's a kind of always like in motion. Mm -hmm. Is there a right yeah. answer? I mean, something's simple. Like, does this button work? Should we fix it? Yes. Okay. That's not what right. I'm talking about. I meant like a bigger scope in the story, like store. I mean, well, if you go, I guess if you're going to go read Harry Potter, that's a story that's written and it's got, a, it's not going to change, but I think it's business scientists, our story is constantly evolving and changing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's constantly changing. And every business is different. So even if you read an article online, or you hear someone say, this worked really well for my business, this is how you should set up your website, or this is exactly how the best checkout is, or a lot of times people look at Amazon and say, well, Amazon checkout is like this, should our checkout be like this? But essentially, you have the resources that Amazon has, the people, <laughs> the money, the time the, yeah. 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 But we've also had cases where we are able to give a similar look and feel, you know, with within sure. the capabilities of the team, but kind of give that experience of an Amazon checkout where it's kind of all on one page. It's easy to do a one step by. And sometimes it doesn't work for the audience. So even if it works really well for Amazon and people see Amazon as like this huge e-commerce force, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for every business. And that's where, again, the science is so important to keep iterating and keep measuring because you may find that for a certain subset of users, if it's a product for users that are older, they'll have a different experience than a product for users that are younger and how everyone experiences is so different for every different product. Um, so that's where it's so important to keep testing and keep measuring and then checking over time as you make changes, just like you said, because you might fix step two, but then now you have to reconsider, is there anything we can fix at step three 
because yeah. maybe now the issue is at step three and we have to keep checking and finding where we can keep improving. Well, the one thing, you know, I, I liked, I'm kind of known amongst my friends and peers for not making promises. There's only one promise that I will make and that's that things will change. And, you know, the only constant that you can count on is change, whether that's in a way that you like it or that you don't like it. If you're, if you hear the word, these following words being spoken at your company, you need to go back and figure out a way to not say this, but this is always the way we've done it because that is what, that is what companies and people and organizations that lack innovation, that lack growth, that, that you are, you are omni perspective an omni perspective viewer there. Like you see one view and you need to see a lot of them. And there's a lot of different cases. Like you mentioned, like it depends on what you're selling. Like, uh, so you mentioned the the older people. So I have this, I, I have a rule that I call, well, first off, my number one rule of building software is answering this question. Is this annoying? And if the answer is not a hard no, then you have work to do because you can have a great product offering. You can have a great software platform, but if something about it is annoying, people will hate it. And, you know, and some of that's that user experience. Like you talk about the number of steps, like why do I have to go through three different pages to start this over again and do the same thing I got to do again and again and again and again. And you put yourself, have a little bit of empathy with your users, um, you know, and, 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 you know, that's, that's a big, a big thing. And then the other, I got another rule that I call five and 75. Um, and that was created when my daughter was five and my dad was 75. And I was like, can either of them, could either of them potentially figure this out? Cause it, it, Sim- people want simple stuff, folks. Like that's the thing. And, and, you know, I mean, I've read, I can't remember what's the book called. Um, it's called hooked, uh, by near Ayal. as I look up at my shelf of largely unread books, that's one I did actually read, but, um, it, that, that whole book's about like, what, what are, what are the, what are the hooks that, that product, uh, builders and software purveyors or whatever, like, what do they create now in that book? They, they talk about Twitter has got like, this like remarkably simple, fast, let's go now onboarding, you know, it's like, boom, boom, boom. And you're in. And I want to challenge those of you that are building software, building a product or building anything to go in and like, how many steps do you have? How much stuff is in there? How quickly can I get in and get moving? And you can always, always improve that. You can see that that's, we go back to Amazon. Why is Amazon a monster and what they have they been moving towards? Because I can buy it simply. I can buy it with trust and I can buy it with the feeling that it's going to be there quickly. And that's what they've spent billions probably getting to and arriving at is being able to have that level of efficiency. So, and, and look, there are little to no steps on the way to that cash register. It's like there, it would be like the cash register followed you around the store and all you had to do is reach over and go boing and then it's going to buy it. Now, I mean, that's, there's a lot to be said there. There's not, you know, that's, and by the way, it's also a simpler process to maintain, to review results for, to do all of that. So, all right. 
So here we are, man, that went so fast. We told such a, a great story. We almost ran out of time so much to the point that I need to remind everyone, if you want to hire software engineers, testers, and leaders, full scale can help. We have the people, the platform, and the process to help you build and manage a team of experts. All you need to do is go to fullscale.io. You answer a few questions fast. Our onboarding takes less than two minutes. It's true. I insisted upon that. And I carved steps out of that. I may be out of steps to carve out of it, but after answering a few questions that our platform matches you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers, and leaders, because that's what you wanted all along anyway. So at FullScale, we specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more at FullScale.io. Once again, with me today was Courtney Lindau and representing Nimble Gravity, nimblegravity.com. I feel like they probably have some solutions for you. Courtney, as we head out of another episode of Startup Hustle, what would you like to say everyone to anyone and everyone on the way out? Yeah. So if you're looking for any help with data, so data science, web analytics, e-commerce data strategy, uh, Nimble Gravity is a great consultancy that can help you out with answering all of your difficult questions and helping you story tell with data. And that's good. If you haven't done it, like I said, get people to say, I'm a big storytelling vibe kind of guy. In fact, one of my uh, favorite marketing books is The Story Brand which kind of tells you how to tell a marketing story and get people in there. Um, if you're listening and you're a founder or an entrepreneur, you know, the best and most successful founders are great storytellers. So much of culture and life and history and all of it revolves around storytelling. And there's a story to be told with all success and all failure. So if you're not paying attention to what that story is in your business, you are likely missing out on being able to tell a better story about your own success. So go do it. Courtney, I'll, I'll, I'll check up on you down the road. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.